Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacey Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values. Yay, welcome. We are so (laughs) excited to be with you tonight. If you're new to Flyover Conservatives, our slogan is wake up, speak up, and show up. By the way, that was some really good dancing. It's pretty good. That's as good as it gets for me, but it's it's not bad. I'm quite impressed. You don't typically do that in public. Don't do a lot. (laughs) Well, we, you know, we all wanted President Trump to do 80 million things to save our country. And what we've learned over these last couple of years, what we really need is 80 million of us doing one thing every single day to save our own country. And David, why did we need to see some more dancing? Not going to happen. Maybe uh, in 272 days, we'd see- When uh, President Trump wins. Brett Baer or one of those schmucks at at Fox News being announcing (laughs) the the win. But, but you know, here's the deal, though. We're all in together. And I think what I noticed in the world, there's 40 some elections taking place. You got El Salvador. I don't know if this number is right, but it was like, it was like a 90% win for, for a, a repeat victory for their, their Trump like candidate. You had uh, Javier Mille in Argentina. Mm-hmm. It's happening all the way. India's having an election. It's all over the biggest Christian nations, the biggest Muslim nations around the world are all having elections. And what people are kind of finding out is, is us at this level mm-hmm. and no offense to you, but you're probably at my level. Yep, we're all average. <laughs> you don't have your own jet. If you don't have a jet, you're probably on, you know. Yep. It, it's, you're not part of the elite. Because people are like, I don't like rich people. You know, it's like the guy that owns the HVAC company that comes to your house probably is not the rich guy that owns a jet to do it. He's just doing well. He can yeah. afford to go fishing, you know, or whatever. It, it's the John Carries. It's one that get really rich off of us. Even the Jay Leno's. I was looking at the day, Jay Leno. Jay Leno is the, the top of his game as a comedian uh, cameo roles in movies, and then uh, the 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 Tonight Show for years. He's worth four hundred million. He's not worth as much as Zelensky. Mm. Four hundred million. He has a ten million dollar car collection. So I, that's really rich. I will. Most of us, I'll never make four hundred million. But four hundred million dollars. It's like he's not even in the ballpark of these guys that are they're doing this stuff. And so you're looking at the majority of people in the world that are trying to raise their families, feed their families, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know leave something for them against this ruling class. Yeah. And that's what we're banding together for is to educate ourselves to to be to be ahead of the curve. And I think it's really important that God is really talking right now. He's not silent. He hasn't fallen off the throne. He's not trying to figure out what he's going to do next. He's not like taking polls. What do you guys think? What should we do? No. He knows exactly what he's doing right now. Every week at 1111, I do something on Wednesdays called the Prophetic Report. And I go through, you know, what is God saying through the prophets? And his voice is very loud right now. He's talking about the border. He's talking about elections. He's talking about the weather. He's talking about everything that we are yeah. concerned about. He is talking about, and he's not silent, and he, have, he has plans. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. There is a transference of wealth that's coming from the wicked to the righteous. We've already seen what the wicked have done with the finances. We've already seen Nothing what they've good. done when they, you know, partnered with George Soros, partnered, you know, with the demonic. We've already seen what's happened with Bill Gates. I'm like, what happens when we partner with the creator of the universe, God, that there's nothing above him? There is no fight between the light and the dark. When the light is turned on in a dark space, the darkness flees. It has to because there is no flight. Uh, There is no fight. Do you know that God never even left his throne when he kicked Satan out of um, heaven? Literally, it was like he didn't have to because Satan is a created being. And I think it's really important to realize that right now we are partnering with God during this time. We We do have a part of this, and I'm excited to see what God's going to be doing over this next year through us, the body of Christ. And so we're going to 
we might be doing some unorthodox things. We got some stuff coming at you tonight. We got a we got a speech. One of the things we're doing is a speech of Tucker Carlson at a church asking for an amen from a crowd. And it's funny, but he covers some points that are so critical and unbelievable because yep. it's it's somebody smart in a new context. We're going to be coming at things from as many creative ways as possible to wake people up, to educate uh, uh, people, to to inspire mm-hmm. people to like, you know what, let's, let's, let's be the change we want Washington to be and then hold them to the same standard. But we got to do it first ourselves and and we got to create a better life and chisel it out of stone if necessary and that's what we're doing together with you each and every single night we are so excited about this. this is a great show tonight can't wait for you to check out this tucker clip but the question really is what is going on and it's a little bewildering for me since i have done a species of the same job for over 20 years you know go on tv debate the public policy issues they typically break down along left and right and it's been pretty straightforward You know, there's an argument about what the country ought to do corporately as a country, and each side marshals evidence to support their respective cases. I think we ought to do this, and here's my evidence. The other side says the same, and and viewers can decide who's got the most evidence. This is often described as a left-right debate, and it has been. And now, with the temperature rising, I, I would argue to probably dangerous levels in Washington, people often come up to me in airplanes and say, the partisan bitterness is so intense. People are in their camps. It's become tribal. It's awful. And of course, I agree with that completely. But it does raise the question, what is this actually about? And it's something that I've brooded on for the last year, year and a half, as it's gotten more intense. And my initial assumption, as I just said, was that this was a debate over ideas. And it's not. It's nothing like that. And one of the reasons that the rest of us are so unsettled by this is because we don't recognize what's actually happening. This is a theological debate. This is a spiritual debate. And let me just say very clearly, it's not a debate between good and evil. I know a lot of people on the other side, they're my neighbors. I live in a city that voted 96% for a candidate I didn't vote for and would never vote for. And they're good people, a lot of them. Not all of them, but a lot of them are. And a lot of them are my friends. So when I'm debating something, someone, I don't assume that that person is a bad person because most of them aren't. But that doesn't mean that it is not a religious debate. That's what it is. So my whole childhood into my adulthood, the debate was between people of faith and people of reason. That was the way the debate was presented to us, between people who believed in God and people who believed in science. Now, I was always more on the God side, but I acknowledge science. That's no longer what it is. And this came to me recently, maybe six months ago, during a debate on gender and the biological reality of gender, which is being challenged. And let me just say at the outset that I am by temperament not a judgmental person, and I actually don't care how people dress. And I hope you won't judge me for my ludicrous neckwear. <laughs> so I wasn't going into it hoping to attack anyone. But I was going into it with an assumption that I thought every person in the Western world had, which is that biology is real. I had four children, okay? I didn't change a ton of diapers, but enough to know that biology is actually real. Everything they told me in sixth grade turns out to be true. We have boys and girls. They grow up to become men and women. This is not the product of our choice. It's not what we want. It's what happens organically because it is nature. And nature, by its nature, is something over which we have no control. We can't make the sun rise. 
We can't stop the hurricanes. We have to adjust our lives to the things we did not create and cannot control. That is called reality. It is as we find it. And we are the ones who adapt. All of a sudden, and this seems self-evident to me, that's not a political question. You know, if, by the way, if you can stop the sun from rising, go ahead and show me. And I'll be impressed. And you can redefine the terms of the debate. But until you do that, I'm going to assume that we're both working off the same set of notes here called biological reality. And in the middle of that debate, which very quickly became a non-debate, became one person talking and me staring like a golden retriever, like, well, really? I learned that I was talking to someone who believed that he had control over nature itself. I don't think there should be two sexes, therefore there aren't. Now at the level of like college dorm room theorizing, I could, you know, okay, maybe there should be more sexes, I don't know. Maybe there should be free ice cream, I'm for that. But there isn't, and there aren't. And in that moment, I realized I was not having a political conversation. I was having a theological one. And once I began to see the world through that lens, everything made sense. There are two camps. They are not Republicans and Democrats. They are not liberals and conservatives. Those terms mean less than they have meant in my lifetime. I couldn't exactly tell you what a conservative is on the issues. What tax rate does a conservative support? I don't know. Is a conservative for invading Syria? I'm not sure. So it's actually not the root argument. The root argument is, do you think you're in control of the universe or don't you? That is what we're actually debating. And it goes by various names. There's a lot of deception that prevents us from seeing what's really being discussed. But the truth is, the people who run most of our institutions in this country, and by the way, they're of both parties, tend to believe that they are wholly in charge. You heard your pastor sum it up almost parenthetically, but very precisely. God raises us from the dead. You will die. That's the one thing you can't control. Doesn't matter how many boxes you check, how virtuous you are. In the end, you will lie, likely alone, terrified, and in pain, and exit this world. That awaits all of us, and on some level we know that, every moment of every day. And Christians look at that, which is the basic and most painful truth of life, death, and say, I have a hope of what comes after. Amen. That is the essence of, from my perspective, as a non-theologian talk show host, far be it from me to lecture you on theology, as an Episcopalian, it's kind of ludicrous I've been saying this. But that is the most basic of all truths. And by the way, it is also the root of all anxiety. Your anxiety, if you strip away, if you get the onion to its core, you know you're going to die. Only faith in God answers what happens next. So there is the other half of our country, I wouldn't even say it's half, that looks at that and says, no, we have control of life and death. This is really a debate about who's in charge. 
It's a debate uh, ultimately in charge. It's a debate over power. And the one thing that powerful people can never admit is that their power is limited. In fact, it's harder to get them to admit that. I'm just searching for metaphor here. Maybe than to get a camel through the eye of a needle. That's what that's really about, in my opinion. The more power you have, the harder it is for you to admit that in the end you have no power. That is the thing they are hiding from you. And that is the thing they will go to any length to prevent you from knowing. That in the end, they're as sad and terrified as you are, as we all are. Because that's the nature of living as a human being. With the unknown and with the powerlessness of being human and not being God. So look, here's the point. It used to be the faithful versus the secular. I don't know if that was ever true. I don't think there is a secular person. Period. We are hardwired for faith. It is baked in the cake. It's who we are. So the question is, are you going to worship God or are you going to worship man? That's the question. And so that is the debate. And you see it. I mean, that is why if you look up at your screen, and I hope, though I do work in TV, I hope you don't spend too much time watching television. Probably not so good for you. When you look up and you see people and you think, wait, I can't tell if I agree with that person or not. person says he agrees with me, but I can tell he's not speaking for me. It's because the categories have been completely shifted around. There are people who say they're in your party, on your side, have your beliefs, and yet at the very bottom of their assumptions is the belief that they're in charge. Okay? This is what the debate, I don't want to get political, but the one subject I'll mention, political subject, is abortion. And, I, and by the way, I'm not political at home. We don't talk politics in my house. I never talk to my children about politics or with my wife. The only subject that I've ever broached with my four children is the question of abortion, not because I wanted to, but because it's the most basic question. Do you have the power to take life? Is it up to you to decide when life ends? Are you God? That's the real question behind it. Are you God? And I think it's pretty clear that, no, you're not. And I've been, you know, pretty hesitant about telling my kids what tax rate they should support. I don't have any hesitance at all in telling them the truth. You're not God. You don't get to decide when to end life. It's not up to you. You weren't born with that power. You will never have that power. The only time you get to take life is in self-defense. That's it. And abortion doesn't qualify. I think once you know that, it puts everything in perspective. Once you know that you're not in charge, your whole worldview changes. You're much less vulnerable to hubris, which is the great killer. What comes before the fall? Anyone? Oh, I love that. Can I get an amen? <laughs> they don't say that in my church. I love that. Can I get a witness? My whole life I've wanted to say that. Thank you. You just made a dream come true for an Episcopalian boy from Washington. That's so awesome. Excuse me. Anyway. It's not a question of what specific bullet points in somebody's platform you believe or support. I'm sure if you unfurled the Republican platform, there are things I've never heard of and don't agree with. Same with the Democratic platform. The only question that matters is, do you think you're God? So I don't know. I'm sure all my neighbors would lay down their lives for the right to have an abortion. 
I don't think any of them would have an abortion or want their girls to have an abortion. They think it's disgusting. I don't think anybody wants to have an abortion. I think people actually do have abortions, tend to be alone and scared and poor. They're not doing it because they want to. They're doing it because there's no one there to support them and their decision not to. No one thinks it's a happy thing, so why are people willing to pound on the front doors of the Supreme Court over it? You saw it yesterday. Because they love abortion? It's disgusting. No one even uses the name. It's so disgusting. They hide it behind euphemisms. No. What they're arguing for is the pretense that they're God. We reserve the right to end life because we're in charge. That's what they're really saying. That's what the debate is really about. All right, Flyver family. My name is Avery Whited. I'm the daughter of David and Stacy. I'm just moving in, so I had to get an order for my pillow and get the things that I needed. So let's look inside. I got some my pillow uh, towels, kitchen towels. I got some of their Giza sheets. Now, I've never actually been able to use them, but I've heard amazing things from my parents about them. And last but not least, something for Charlie. Hey, dog bed. All right, Charlie, let's go put this in the dryer and flip it up for you. Come on, buddy. Nice and warm and fluffy. Perfect for my little guy. Come here, Charlie. All right, if you want to get your own products, go to mypillow.com and use promo code FLYOVER to save up to 66% off. Do your feet ache and throb in pain with every step you take every day of your life? Kiss those days goodbye with slippers from MyPillow.com. How about that flimsy, flat little excuse for a pillow that's nothing but eight hours of disappointment? Causing you pain in your neck every single night. You can wake up with nothing but butterflies and rainbows around your head with a MyPillow pillow. Those hard wood floors hurting your old bones. No more with a MyPillow dog bed. Are your towels worn thin, flimsy, more patchy than Joe Biden's memory? There's nothing better than absorbent towels from MyPillow.com. For all of these products and more, go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code FLYOVER for up to 66% off. It's kind of interesting in life. Sometimes while you're doing one thing, you're sort of climbing a ladder, doing something, and you think that's your goal and that's your purpose. In reality, uh, what what was happening is God was kind of preparing you for something else. You're like you're watching sheep, and you kill a bear, and you kill a lion, and you're working with your slingshot, and it's like, I don't know this is what I'm doing. It wasn't for that. It was preparing you for a bigger thing. You know, mm-hmm. Goliath is preparing you for to you be know a king. to be a king, maybe preparing you for you know something mm-hmm. else. And I, I love those kind of stories where where one thing happens, but it's actually repurposed in a new way. Today's guest has has done that. Is it the the one of the highest pinnacles that can, you can have when it comes to education, finance, and 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 influence in, in, uh, uh, because being a hedge fund manager, when it comes to looking at complicated deals, because, you know, billion dollar situations and, and the mind was strengthened in a way to see numbers, to have things jump out almost in a way like, you know, the matrix, people saw the green letters and someone else saw the lady in the red dress. You know, they knew how to kind of look through that code and be able to, to interpret events. And then it gets repurposed. And we had a, of, a, of a global crisis, a crisis of, of disease and death, but more of a crisis of misinformation and, and, uh, uh, 
bad actors manipulating events mm-hmm. for their benefit. So so those skills can be repurposed. Today's guest, guest did just that. He's author of a book called Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths. He has a website called financetechnologies.com. And we always learn a lot whenever around Mr. Ed Dowd. Thanks for having me on again, guys. Great to be here. Uh, we are really looking forward to this. You know, some inf- interesting information came out uh, about the CDC at the last part of January, and I wanted to run it by you. Um, I guess the CDC had drafted an alert in May of 2021 saying that uh, there was a link between myocarditis and the COVID vaccine, especially in young males. And I guess that there was an email that had gone out within the CDC saying that they were afraid that there would be panic. And so this information never came out until a FOIA request for this information finally made them release it. What is your thought on that? Because you've been you've been sounding the alarm for a long time, but now it's actually coming out from the CDC. Yeah. So in my book uh, that I wrote at the end of 2022, I said the information that I'm presenting to you Uh, we can see in the government databases and we know that the regulators see them as well. So at this point, it's a cover-up. So the the, the FOIA request shows a cover-up in process, basically. They knew in May of 2021, there was a signal that it was causing myocarditis in in young males. And there's a whole host of other problems, cancers, whatnot, whatnot, sudden deaths, disabilities and injuries. Uh, But it was a cover-up. And they made the decision, the Biden administration made the decision, along with the CDC, to not uh, give this information to the people. And here we are in 2024, and this vaccine is still on the childhood schedule. It's still being pushed in many places. The good news is, is that booster uptake is 6%. So, you know, luckily, shows like yours and others and, and my work and other people's work is getting out there word of mouth. I think it's so important. Mm. What's so concerning about this is May of 2021, that they were pushing it on our military, they were pushing it in colleges, in schools. You know, I mean, they knew that this could be a problem. Every and celebrity they, person they could get talking about. Yeah, it. and they were they were forcing it on our young men. Yeah, so we found a signal in the UK. That their data is a little more uh, available than the CDC. We're, we're analyzing the CDC data where we're going from all cause mortality down into causes, and. Uh, there was a signal for um, uh, cardiac events in the UK, deaths uh, in 15 to 44 year olds, uh, especially men, uh, and the numbers are just off the charts. And the standard deviation signal was above 10, which is just a black swan event. So, you know, so they they knew they knew there was a problem in May of 21. They continued, and now we see the results in 20, 21, 22, and continues in 23. So this this is a cover up. The cover-up is always worse than the crime. I don't know how we, you know, like I wasn't in the room when all these decisions were made, but at this point, crimes have been committed, in my humble opinion. You you referenced uh, a, a Reuters stat that shows 54% of people kind of are aware of this or, or or maybe even have an experience. They know someone who has experienced a, a, an ill effect from this. Where do you think this really is in the public consciousness? And as that increases, what kind of repercussions will that create, a re, you know, with, with trust in the government, trust in the messages, trust in the CDC, those that we've kind of, okay, this, that, this is the mm-hmm. smartest among us in this area. We'll have him handle this. And you kind of, you know, turn your mind off. What do you think will be the, the cause and effect from this situation? 
Yeah, so there was a Rasmussen poll that came out earlier in January that said that 54% of all Americans uh, believe they know someone who was injured by the vaccine or died, or, you know, they believe the vaccine was the cause of these things. So that's, you know, that is basically what I call we're reaching the Overton window. Uh, this has been a battle of uh, getting the information out. So we're getting to critical mass. And you can see it's starting to manifest right now in mainstream media, the layoffs at these um uh, you know, uh, newspapers and TVs, uh, news networks, the, it, massive layoffs. And that's yeah. because of the absolute loss of trust. And experts, so-called experts, that's, that's a dirty word now. Uh, these people were nothing more than shills for pharmaceutical companies. Um, what, 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 what led me down this path of discovery was I, I heard things that were just untrue from the beginning. You, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, like I knew because I of my Wall Street background, that the mRNA had never been tested on humans. It had been tested on rats. And most of the rats died. So I said, this is probably not a good idea. And, and then, you know, after tw- a 28-day uh, trial, clinical trial, they declared it was safe and effective. And I knew that, I, intuitively, I knew that was nonsense because it takes seven to 10 years for a normal vaccine to be tested fully. And they just, they threw all that out. And they, and they, and they ran this thing through and unfortunately, the test subjects are the 5 billion people who took the doses. It's true. And with a little bit more research, it, it, from my understanding, it looks like the CDC is still recommending the fifth dose for young, healthy people, even if they've had COVID. Yeah, th- th- so that, that's malfeasance, in my humble opinion. That, I mean, th- 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 this is a classic psychopath uh, um, modus operandi. I saw this on Wall Street. You know, Enron was a fraudulent company and the CEO and the CFO were, you know, whispering to their investors all the way down to zero on the stock. And until they were in handcuffs, that everything was fine. This is once once you're they they lie until they're caught. And that's where we are with the CDC, the FDA. Uh, There's institutional corruption. They're they're captured. They're owned. I I saw a stat today that the CDC has 57 patents on vaccines. Why? 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 Are they a vaccine company? I'm just trying to understand what they are, actually. It's a great question. Uh, yeah, this is speculative, and this would be like maybe just sitting around, you know, having coffee, talking kind of a question, and I'm going to hold you to it. But when there's this, this, this duality in our culture of you turn on the television, you're watching sports, and you got Travis Kelsey on there like, hey, don't just get the vaccine booster. Get your flu shot at the same time. Mm-hmm. Get two at once. There has to be some sort of conversation, I would think, with an agent and somebody around of why a healthy professional athlete would would not only think, you know, when you adore something, it's like, oh, you know, I drink this coffee, you know, you should too. Mm-hmm. Um, how is there that big of a section of our country that, that that someone like that would agree to? And I know we made $20 million for doing the commercial, but enough to where it's it's accepted in culture to promote something that not only is not maybe questionably necessary, you know, for a head cold that most people survive mm-hmm. just fine, especially if you're a professional athlete, but but a lot of evidence to show it's harmful. Mm-hmm. How how do we have this going on in our society? It's almost like having a, a, a advertiser saying, you know what's good? You know what's fun? We'll kind of spice up your mm-hmm. life a little bit. Drunk driving. You know, I mean, if you want to have a good Friday night, get tanked and drive home. Like it's almost that kind of a kind of an ad. How does that happen in a culture, in a society? You know, again, it's speculative. And just, I'm just curious, like, what would you say in that conversation? 
Well, so it, this 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 problem started you know thirty forty years ago, and it's been a slow creep of a fusion between government and corporations, which you know that's the definition of fascism. So basically, unfortunately, all the regulatory bodies have been captured by uh, the people they're supposed to regulate. It's at the EPA, it's at the FDA, it's at the CDC. So over time. Uh, this fusion between government and corporations, and then that gets back to the politicians in, in, in their in their uh, lobby. You know, they get lobbied by these people and they get the campaign donations. So it's this circular uh, um, uh, uh, money train where everybody profits at the expense of the common citizens. So this is the culture we have, and it, it didn't happen overnight. It's been creeping on us for decades. And unfortunately, we didn't see it until it manifested in, in what I call the, the, de the death and injury jab. And it finally exposed everything. So this has been going, this, this has been going on forever. We've seen pharmaceutical companies uh, jam drugs through. Vioxx was one that uh, Pfizer ended up, or Merck ended up paying billions of dollars. Pfizer was fined $2.2 billion for you know, fraudulent uh, sales to doctors or sales material. And, this has been going on. These, these these are these are criminal organizations that are allowed to, uh, you know, under the color of law, push their products. So true. So so you are actually going to be heading. You're, you you live in Hawaii, but going to be heading so over to the main. Appreciate you talking to us before the sun's even up. I know up. exactly. You're, you're a machine. But heading here because there's some important things that you see going on uh, that you want to address and kind of be a part of. Can you touch on that at all? Yeah, so there was there was a conference in Romania in November, I believe, last year, uh, a, a COVID uh, conference from the frontline doctors and a lot of scientists. I was not able to attend, and uh, they wanted to recreate that uh, vibe and and all the things they accomplished there in D.C. So they joined up with CPAC, and they're not going to be on the main stage at CPAC, but they have some side rooms. I'll be speaking at one of those with a, a lot of my other colleagues in this fight. And then Senator Ron Johnson's going to have another uh, hearing in D.C. on the 26th that Monday. And I'm going to go speak at that as well. And the, the idea is I, I, I'm a, of the opinion the vaccines have caused tremendous harm. We're going to talk more about policy and the implications and what's going to happen to the economy. Um, and uh, I'm going to present data that shows uh, the devastating impacts through the excess deaths, the disabilities and the injuries and the injuries are represented through lost work time. And all these numbers are in the databases. I'm just going to show the numbers, say this is the cost, and we're going to put a number on the economic cost, which is just the dollar amount that people don't take into effect, the, you know, the multiplier effect, the productivity lost, all the resources we're going to have to divert to take care of these people. But So I'm going to come up with a, an estimate, and it's probably going to be, I can make the case that my, my hard estimate is probably 5 to 10x bigger than that through the multiplier effect. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to say, look, if you don't believe it's a vaccine, fine, it is. Uh, but these numbers are real and these the, and the health of this country is going sideways. And if you don't address it, this is on you. So they can't they can't hide from the data is the point. And there's still people that are, are asleep. Um, it's hard to, to believe, but there are still people that don't know. Uh, what's going on. And so Flyover Family, this is our job. You can get the book, Cause Unknown, The Epidemic to Sudden Deaths in 21 and 22, and get this to people. This is a great tool that Ed might not ever meet them, might not ever know them, but you do. And this is something to have able to use to wake people up 
to get this information out there so more deaths are not coming because I think it's so important that people know exactly yeah. what's going on and they get the information. Financetechnologies.com. That's with PH, not an F at the front. If you're just listening on Apple or Spotify, one of those platforms, it's PH, so financetechnologies.com. Uh, kind of last question as we head, head into this is what – what ground has been taken kind of in this war of ideas and data so far? What are the, how are the sales going for pharmaceutical companies? Is there, is there an awakening that you can detect in the numbers and the data? So if you look at the stock charts of Pfizer and Moderna, they're hitting uh, new lows every, you know, not every day, but they're, 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 they're at lows. Pfizer went below its COVID Pre, pre-COVID uh, stock price. So all their advances have been given back. Moderna, eventually it's a one product company. I expect Moderna to go bankrupt. Pfizer may go bankrupt someday through lawsuits, we'll see. But the numbers are bad. They're cutting, uh, Pfizer had to cut a bunch of employees. They brought their uh, estimates way down. Um, the booster uptake is 6%, so no one's buying this anymore. Uh, the joke is this, the thing doesn't work. It never worked. And then there's huge safety issues. So coupled with those two things, why take something that doesn't work and could, you know, potentially harm you? So that that's the that's the that's the cruel joke that's making its way through the uh, word of mouth. Uh, what what really bothers me is the government institutions, a whole host of doctors in the, in the, still in the field and, and uh, the media won't report this because this is this is costing lives. How do you see this playing out? We're in election year. Um I don't know that any candidate, let's assume it's Trump and Biden. I don't know that either one of them want to talk about vaccines as far as a, a, a campaign uh, issue, but how do you see this playing out? Let's say there, there is a, a, a second Trump presidency. Uh, it definitely would create a shakeup. I don't think he would have Fauci in charge of anything anymore. He's kind of stepped to the side. Do, do you see a, a leadership role in a government level making a difference in how this plays out, you know, with, with, their ability to advertise market, the way that's presented, uh, these kind of mandates, you know, on those kind of fronts. Do you, what, what, do you, do you have any hopefulness for this moving mm-hmm. forward? So today's February 6th. The election's in November. You're right. Trump and Biden do not talk about this issue. There's a third candidate, Bobby Kennedy, who's thrown a wrench into the mix. And, and he's talking about it. And here's, here's the election map that Trump and Biden should look at. 25% of Americans didn't take the vaccine and they under, they underwent huge discrimination. A lot of family mm-hmm. members shunned them, friends shunned them. This is for many of those people, it's a single, single voter issue. Then you have another 18% that were injured by the vaccine that are still alive. And maybe 9% of them have figured out that it was the vaccine. So you have 34% of the American electorate that this is one of the biggest issues for them. And those two candidates are, aren't talking. I think, uh, as we roll through time, that's going to have to be addressed. That's going to have to be addressed. And, and, and I think the first one to do it, uh, and, 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 you know, if it's Trump, my, my words to him would be like, admit you made a mistake, ask for forgiveness and move on and be, you know, and, and, and then, you know, you would, you would get support. If he doesn't do that, he's going to be in trouble. Yeah. Biden, we all, Biden isn't going to mean anything. Biden, Biden's not with us. I don't think he's actually cognizant of what's going on. His administration has blood on their hands through the mandates. I, I do. True. I do see uh, President Trump has stopped bragging about the vaccine, mm-hmm. uh, which is a move forward. But now it's just kind of become, a, a, you know, something to the side. 
do you do you think it would be received well if he came on and he's like you know I I look at remember when 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 it was first blown up and like they said we needed respirators and it's like okay so he just moved he's just like you know bam 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 let's the get ventilators like, and stuff ventilators I mean yeah the ventilators he he got 3M and uh like uh, Fruit of the Loom and maybe General Motors There's several companies all working together and they they started creating ventilators and they got way more than they needed in a short period of time well looking back like ventil- that was never a win. Uh, but that's the information he was given. He just kind of acted on it. Do you think if he put it in a bucket like that, like I'm a doer and advisors tell me to do that, like that, that, that's, that's a category that it's just, that's where it was. Do you think that'd be received well if he came out and addressed it? Or do you think that would just be a soundbite that'd be further manipulated against him? And it's better just to leave it there and drop it and move forward in a, in a, with a, with a, with a new mindset. I, I, look, I've lived a life where I've, I've realized that when you make a mistake, and I had to figure this out on Wall Street, whenever I made a mistake, you had to admit it quickly and then take action. And in, in my world, it was a stock that was wrong, and you had to flush it down the toilet and, and sell it. Um, I think what uh, Donald Trump, President Trump, needs to do is um, basically admit, admit he made a mistake, pull a 180, ask for forgiveness, and move on. I think the American people would forgive him. I think we've actually even seen that, like with Willie Nelson, you know, Willie Nelson's like, hey, I smoked dope, you know, and people are like, okay, you know, and they just kind of moved on. But, you know, I think with Clinton, you know, he was like, no, no, I didn't, I didn't do that. You know, everybody's like, whatever. They lost complete, you know, respect for him. So I do believe that the American people are like, okay, if you just say the truth, okay, when we can move on and we can forgive you. And then what's the next subject? I think the American people would, but, you know, CNN and, you know, all the, the... 96% 96% of the mainstream media would probably use that as a, a hammer to smash him with. But then the American people would probably look at him and be like, True. I don't care about the mainstream media. Well, you know, I, I have some thoughts on that. Uh, by, uh, Trump did not mandate it, and uh, he, did, he, he was for free choice. And uh, I think they would not even want to highlight this issue because they're all complicit in the murder and the cover-up as well, the media, the media company. So... It'd be very interesting. They, they may mm. try to bury it. That's a, that's a great point. That is so why. Good. That's why you have a brilliant mind. That's why you're Ed Dowd and I'm not. Um, uh, that's why we're interviewing you. <laughs> financetechnologies.com with the PH, financetechnologies.com. You can go there, also register for a newsletter. So when there's updates, new information posted on there, uh, you get it firsthand, uh, Flyover Family. Ed, thanks for for just always being at the tip of the spear, being able to say the truth no matter what, and uh, kind of walking out what you said there, which is like, hey, I got to speak the truth and, and no matter what the consequences. So thank you for doing that. You've been a real uh, source of encouragement for us specifically. For those of you that are my age or maybe even you know a little older in that range, you probably remember this commercial. Where's, Where's the beef? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I guarantee if, if there's a cut in the supply chain due to weather, any other kind of political attack, we're in election year, your kids are going to be looking at you saying that exact same thing if all you've stored is rice, beans, and maybe some pudding. They're, they're like, <laughs> where's, where's the, the beef? beef? They want to substitute real beef for stuff made in a lab. It's alive! It's alive! Even if you're, you know, kind of a prepared person, you've got a few things stored, it's hard to take care of the protein source in a way that's still enjoyable. These prices are so good and the beef isn't in such good quality. You could be storing this beef and use it on a regular basis. This could be part of your Taco Tuesday experience because you don't have to worry about storing it in a freeze location. The girl has tacos. So go to flyovermeat.com. Use promo code flyover for a huge discount. Again, flyovermeat.com, promo code flyover.
My towels solved the problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wouldn't dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com You know, when it comes to, you know, a lot of areas in life, you know, we're headed into, you know, a Super Bowl. Everybody's kind of an armchair quarterback. Everybody kind of has an yeah. opinion. But it's one reason they would put like, you know, uh, they, they interview uh, Joe Montana or they interview, you know, Kurt Warner's got a spot because mm-hmm. those guys were MVPs of the league. They know all about it. They have a, a, a an expertise that's not just armchair, you know, quarterback. Right. They have some skin in the game. They're professionals at it. Um a lot of things like that. Everybody can kind of talk about the economy. Everybody can talk about sports. Mm-hmm. Everybody can kind of talk about nutrition. I got, I got a, I got a friend who used to recommend lose weight, eat sugar, use sugar-free gum, and he was <laughs> never thin. It's like, okay, uh, I'll take your advice and do it, but you're not really where I, I want to be. But I appreciate the tip. Um, you know, you need advice from people that have it. Um, you know, people are authors, PhDs in a subject. Mm-hmm. We got a guy when it comes to the economy has not one but two. PhDs went to one of the same universities as Madeleine Albright, some of the top minds, you know, in the world, even though they're deep state people, they kind of, they end up running a lot of your lives. And so mm-hmm. it's like, they must have no uh, good, good degrees and what's going on behind them. It's also the author of thriving in the economic tsunami. So he's author PhD. And, and I tell you what, a guy that we've considered a great friend for over 25 years, never steered us wrong. Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. Welcome. So that made me that made me laugh because it's like, yeah, some of my professors did teach Madeline Albright and Condoleezza Rice, right? Same, yeah. same professors. And um, now you didn't, you weren't, you weren't a classmate of Madeline Albright, right? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> you, that was a different. Are you <laughs> like cooks our age. <laughs> no, um, I'm just saying. I'm not I, I saying. I'm just saying. I wasn't in the same class, but it's good. But here's where it's like, how did they go down straight down the path? And I didn't It's because I slept through that class. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't listening because I'm not going to listen to their communist mumbo jumbo. So, they so, do pitch the communist mumbo jumbo. But they also but, didn't get a PhD in theology either. So, you know, you got both sides of the, of the, Hey, there's that. your, there's your, did you guys go to prom? Or is that, <laughs> was that, <laughs> Bad. Is that the brooch you brought her for prom when you picked her up? I don't know. Yeah, she's your carriage. Me, David. (laughs) (laughs) No, so I got to ask you something. So, have you ever had a really bad day where everything goes wrong and you put your hands up in the air? It's like I, I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to do anymore. Right? Yep. That's how I feel. The the 
the the monetary policy people of our country are, are right now. Mm-hmm. The Bureau for Labor Statistics. Everybody who's making policy, it's like they've thrown up their hands. It's like, I don't know what to do. So what do they do when they get to that position? They lie, right? I mean, so so job numbers, for example. So the BLS comes out with these ridiculous job numbers, um, how the economy is growing and and as we've talked about numerous times, you always, nobody ever covers the revision story, right? Like if you were to make a mistake on a show and you said something that was inaccurate, everyone will just pound on you for saying something that's inaccurate. Mm-hmm. So the next show you'll apologize and say, hey, I got that one wrong. I said the wrong thing. I apologize. Here's the actual story. Nobody covers that you actually apologize. They only cover the first part to discredit you, right? So same thing is true when government comes out with numbers. So for years, they've been actually coming out with these amazing job numbers. And then what happens after the fact? They revise them two, three, four times, right? Downwards. Because nobody ever covers the revision. But at least that way they can't get to say, well, you right. lied about mm-hmm. it. It's like, well, they did kind of lie about it on purpose. And they revise them later because they know that nobody's going to look. So, for example, the most ridiculous case of this occurred in 2022 when the Philadelphia Fed revealed that the BLS numbers had overstated job growth in the first half of the year by 1 million jobs, right? So a million. So, so here again, in in January, (laughs) yeah, in in January, the Biden administration claimed that they added 353,000 jobs in, in January alone, but they expected only 185,000. Okay. So how could it be that much when nobody's working, when the economy stinks, manufacturing jobs have lost jobs 18 out of the last 20 months? That's obviously a fake number, mm-hmm. right? And if it were real, then Biden administration's approval ratings wouldn't be in the toilet. They wouldn't be, right? right? Because nobody actually is working. So here's what's going to happen. They're going to revise it down and down and down and down a few times after the fact. They also say... The GDP is supposedly growing at 4.2%. No, those revised numbers came down. It's actually in the 2 point something percent, right? So a bunch of lies Mm -hmm. constantly because they know that people don't cover the revision story. So what doesn't lie? Ultimately, um, your wallet doesn't lie. Mm -hmm. Um, The amount of money that banks have on hand doesn't lie. There's more withdrawals coming out than there are deposits going in because the economy truly isn't strong. Well, here's where we're about to get bank failures 2.0. I'm, I hate to be this prophet of gloom and doom. I'm just looking at the math, looking what's happening. So a couple of things. Basel three, that, that, you know, basically that international accord, um, said that the reserve requirement was was taken down to zero during COVID. They're sliding that scale up to 20% reserve requirement for banks under the assumptions, hey, if banks have a bunch of money on hand and there's a run on the banks, they're going to have enough capital so they won't have to go out of business. Right. Great in theory, horrible in practice, mm-hmm. because if you're a billion-dollar bank and you have zero in reserves and now you're forced to have $200 because if you're a billion-dollar bank, 20% reserves, has $200 million, where are you going to get it? Right. If you're zero, where's it going to come from? Well, they can't get it. So therefore, they're out of compliance. They'll either have to go out of business 
or they just wait for a bigger bank to come and buy them up, which is what's happening. It's consolidation. That's the move. Yeah. So, so this is a big deal for banks. It's going to really hurt us consumers because loans aren't going to be able to go out, right? If they have to build up their reserve requirements, they're not going to hand out any loans, which is going to hamper economic growth. But here's, Here's where it starts to get really squirrely. Just a few days ago, um, it was on the 24th, I believe, of January. Um, there was a new, so how do I, I do it quickly? Um, so after the, the last banking crisis that we had, the Silicon Valley one, when all those five banks went under, right. um, there started to be emergency funding to the banking system, kind of like TARP. Remember the... The, the TARP thing when when everything was happening in 2009. Well, bank term funding program was emergency funding to banks so they wouldn't go out of business, right? It's called the BTFP. Well, banks were relying on those emergency funds to come in if they got undercapitalized so they wouldn't go out of business. This whole program, as of last week, they determined we're going to sunset this thing on March 11th. So after March 11th, there is no more emergency funding going to banks, which what's that going to mean then for banks? They're going to have to go directly to the Fed, get interday loans, get short-term loans. You know what the Fed said? Well, we're going to allow them to do it the old school way and get a loan from us, but we're going to raise the interest rates on it because interest rates are higher. It's like, oof. So the banking system is about to get squirrely. So what's happened is, if you look at regional bank stocks, cratering. I mean, after this announcement last week, absolutely cratering. PacWest, falling off a cliff. Zions Bank, falling off a cliff. Um, Comerica Bank, falling off a cliff. So all these regional banks, their share prices are coming down because the writing is now on the wall. But you know what else made that list? It's not a regional bank. Stinking Schwab. Schwab. What? The largest IRA custodians on the planet. I mean, huge investment house, right? I mean, how does that tie to them? Schwab shares are falling off the face of the planet, right? Which tells us what? The people who invest in Schwab's, the ones that know, it's not retail investors that drive the stock market. It's big money. It's it's hedge funds. It's it's all these big, huge players. That, that drive, you know, high frequency trading and and big, huge money transfers. It's not the retail public. The retail public has no money right now, right? right. So, so when the, that, when that's the why the, they can be saying, hey, the stock market's doing great. And people are like, my life's not going great. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's because, because, because of COVID and a million other things, the middle class has been bled down to nothing. And it's this, these large hedge funds have money. And appeal. that's why Biden could be like the stock market. Look how it's good. That doesn't make two cents of difference to most people that don't have $400 mm-hmm. to cover car repair. It, it doesn't. So when you see these kind of big signals, shares falling off the cliff because of an announcement, you know, Basel three and the end of this, this term funding program, you know, it's like, boy, what do they see? Or what do they know that we don't know? This is why I think bank failures are coming. People should be very concerned about that, right? Because if okay. you have money in the bank, which should be the safest asset that you have. Oh, by the way, that's no longer an asset of yours. After 2009, they they changed right. the rules administratively 
um, and put in unified ledger stuff. And you are now a beneficial owner of your deposits, which means you're no longer the owner. You gave up owner to your checking and savings accounts to the bank so they can use it as collateral for bail-ins moving forward, right? So most people don't realize that because nobody reads a little fine print on the prospectus you get right. on the checking and savings account, but you no longer own your financial investments right. at, at financial investment houses, whether it's brokerage accounts or banks. They own it and you are a beneficiary owner of the assets that you thought that you owned, which means absolutely nothing. If you if there's a crisis and they need to use your funds as collateral to bail themselves out of derivatives debt, it's no longer yours. They'll pay you if they want to because you are a beneficial owner. That word sounds nice and fluffy, mm-hmm. but it's not nice and fluffy. It's awful. You gave up ownership. So this is the danger to me of banks failing upcoming here, which I do think is going to happen because they're going to lose their funding. They're losing their emergency funding. The fact that Jerome Powell didn't lower interest rates and people can't afford to make their payments already. So there's going to be delinquencies. A series of delinquencies ends up in default. Banks are already undercapitalized. This has warning signs all over it. So what I would do is reallocate out of your cash positions. You have to have some. I'm not saying get out of all of your cash, right? Because we still live in a cash world. You still have expenses. Mm -hmm. But I I would reposition into silver right now, physical silver, to get it out of the path of that hurricane, because I think the banks are not on solid footing right now. And we don't know which is the next mm-hmm. one that's going to fail. But if the share price collapsing, well, it's possibly PacWest, Zions Bank, Comerica Bank, um, Schwab. I mean, those are the ones that made the list where their stock yep. prices are just tanking. Mm-hmm. So I, I would start to make some moves in a positive direction. It's huge. So Flyover family, you can go to flyovergold.com. It's a landing page. When you get there, fill out your information. Someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to help answer questions. It's a free consultation for you. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. But getting your money out of the bank into something that's tangible, it's critical. I mean, this is is a very important time to do that. Or you can call 720-605-3900. Now, just because you make that call doesn't mean you're you're not calling to buy silver. You're calling to set up an appointment to find out how this works, to find out yes. what's best for you. Unless you're already a client, then you're in the in the repeat mm-hmm. like what we do. But uh, the, the call is simply just to get you in the game to find out what is best for you mm-hmm. and what your situation is. You know, are you 65 or 25? You know, what what's your, mm-hmm. your, your position? It's just to get informed so you can make a smart choice. That's it. So get in the queue to set up that appointment. Mm-hmm. This doesn't happen in one minute. This isn't Uber Eats or something. You got to like kind of go through a process and find out what is best for you. These guys treat you with a ton of respect and give you options mm-hmm. and then let you have time. You go pray about it and find out what's best for you, but you got to set up the call. That's exactly right. Again, Flyover family, go to flyovergold.com or call 720 605 3900. You will be glad you did, yes. big time. Thanks again for your time, Dr. Kirk. We appreciate it. My pleasure. This is a crazy time to be alive. Well, just in our lifetime, used to be where you'd hear your grandparents talk about how cheap gas was and stuff, and it was 75 years before, 50 years you yeah. know, before. And so we've seen a lot of changes since Biden took office, $700 more a month than what you needed in January of 21 when he took office. You might hear these kind of things and think, oh, that's overwhelming. I can't control the government. I can't control what they're doing. I can't control the spending, but we can take care of ourselves. 
You want to make sure that you're buying bullion from somebody that you can trust and someone that does not charge you a commission when you go to sell. If there's going to be a commission, have it on the front end, not the back end when it skyrockets. And now you're like, oh my gosh, look at this big, huge commission I got to pay because it's on the back end before I sell it. You can buy an ounce of silver for $23. So this is something everybody can get into. And if silver goes to $50, if it goes to 75, if it goes to 100, all of those profits are yours. And that's happening while the dollar is buying less and less at the actual grocery store. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to set up a free consultation. It doesn't cost you any money whatsoever. Or to do the same thing, you can just call 720-605-3900. And thank you, Flyover family, for joining us tonight. We bless you. We bless you to realize you were born for yes. such a time as this. We bless you to realize your future is brighter than your past. And we bless you to wake up, speak up, and show up. Thank you guys so much. Please share this episode with someone you know, love, and care about it. And we'll see you again tomorrow night. Peace out. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Flyover Conservatives podcast with David and Stacy Whited. Please subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a comment below. Lastly, if you enjoyed today's podcast, share with those who came to mind. Be blessed and make it a great day. Yeah.